Shuffle. Shuffle. Hello, welcome to another episode of Kill Shuffle. I'm Donald. I'm Dylan. And we're going to talk about some albums this week. We're going to tell you what we think of them. And you are going to listen to them and see if you agree with us. Hopefully. How does that sound? It sounds better than ever. It really does. Guaranteed. Yeah, we're, near, we're coming up on the 10th episode anniversary of this show, which is hard to believe. Yes. We're going to have to. Not pop. quite a 10 year anniversary, but. Eh, pop the champagne. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll do a little something. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the albums that we were listening to all week, um, we're going to give you our, our opinions on. Uh, in terms of new releases, we looked at Lust for Life by Lana Del Rey. Yes. Seafoam by Kamikaze Girls. Mm-hmm. The Sacred Hearts Club by Foster the People. Indeed. And <laughs> Anti-Cult by Decapitated. Yes. Essential. <laughs> and then you, you're bringing a classic album to the podcast. A Theatre is Evil by Amanda Palmer. Okay, cool. Uh, what year is that one from? How, how far uh, back in time? 20, we... 2012. 2012, okay. So we're not, we're not going too far back. Yeah. All right, great. Um, anything else coming up in your life, Dylan? Anything else you want to disclose before we... <laughs> <laughs> Any before rumors? we start talking shop? Rumor has it I'm going to Japan. Oh, mm-hmm. snap. Yes. So I, we're probably going to be taking a little bit of a break from the show for a little while while you travel around Japan, maybe? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, might, I might get back at like 1 a.m. We'll You're not see. going forever, though. No. Yes. No, we'll see. A couple of weeks. A <laughs> couple of weeks, unless yeah. you meet a fair maiden. Oh, it's going to be a long three weeks. <laughs> yeah. With whatever happens. <laughs> Bullet training around. Yeah, yeah. Are you doing... Uh, there's, are there, there's multiple islands involved in Japan, right? Uh, yes, but so I think we're staying the main one. Staying on the main island. Um, possibly a few cat islands, depending on who wants to see them. Ooh. Yes. People who are into cuddly things coming would probably want to see certain things. So, yeah. So the trip of a lifetime. <laughs> yes, it does. I'm super jealous. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> more grounded in the real world, uh, let's let's talk albums. Oh God, we choose albums. <laughs> we we choose. certainly do. Mm. We certainly do. But let's let's start off with, I guess, our headline album for the week, which is "Lust for Life" by Lana Del Rey. So Lana Del Rey, uh, otherwise known as Lizzie Grant, <laughs> which, is, which is a real name, um, and that was uh, similar to Lady Gaga yeah. being Stephanie Germanotta. You know, Lana Del Rey is a uh, term of art. You know, that's her. Yes. That's her. Uh, pen name or whatever when she's her stage name not the worst pen name considering no, it's pretty good. the Lady Gaga's around and yeah 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 whatever happens Lady Gaga took a while to get used to but uh, Lana Del Rey I can I can definitely yes. dig that one um, so she's sort of best known for the singles off Born to Die which was her 2012 album would you agree there yes um, that's the one with Cola right mm-hmm. that's the one with Cola I believe uh, is it I think so I, I the singles that I would know would be Video Games uh, Born to Die the title track um, all, you know, off to the races, national. Oh, I think anthem, I think it is. I think that is. Uh, uh, Diet Mountain Dew. Th- those those songs, the songs that kind of got me into her. And I, I'm very embarrassed to admit that I thought that she had her album out in 2012, Born to Die, which was you know the the resurgence of this classic, uh, almost what would you call it? Like it's almost ballroom influenced, like Nancy Sinatra style crooning. That's kind of what it is with with a modern hip hop twist. Yeah. Um and. I thought she hadn't really done much since then, you know? Because I know she had that special edition of the album, which had an EP tacked on at the end, the Paradise Edition. Mm-hmm. She had that in, like, tw- I want to say 20, kind of 2013, 2014 time. Between now and then. Yes. And I thought this was her first album since that. Totally wrong about that. She's had two long studio-length albums over the course of the last two years. So yeah. she's actually been pumping them out. She writes long albums. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. she, and she's really prolific. She is. Um, so, did, did you have any contact with those Ultra Violence or yeah. uh, the last one? Also? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, it's totally in my world. Oh yeah, okay. outside of rock, this is totally what I'd go for. Okay, as you'll see later. 
So um, did you see much of an evolution in her sound from album to album, or um, more of the same? M- musically, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, songwriting, she 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 writes she writes what she knows. Yeah, she's very comfortable with it. Um, yeah. So th- there were a few sp- surprises in the last in this one sonically. Okay, I think so. Yeah, compared to like the 2012. Okay, um, well, let's start with those then. What 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 kind of stood out for you on Lust for Life as a new Lana Del Rey or it sort of evolved Lana Del Rey? Yeah, uh, it sounds like not much. It sounds like no, no, it doesn't sound like much, but it sounds like it doesn't sound like your typical radio affair. No, certainly not. Maybe for a few songs, but what you get musically is very long and very trancy and not totally something that would be sharp for radio which is why you'd hear from this kind of realm Regina, Regina Spector and all that yeah I, I can um, hear that for sure on certain songs yes yeah and she doesn't that's uh, yeah that's I do like that I, I love when she leans into the as I said like the orchestral ballroom sound mm-hmm. where it, she almost she kind of reminds me of like Daisy from the great Gatsby or something yeah she when she's at her absolute best she gives off this vibe of being someone who's who just spends their days in this fog of fame and stardom and wealth and not and kind of not knowing what their purpose is in life no she 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 lays her um feelings on her sleeve oh yeah about the um about like how fame is not 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 it no yeah absolutely. certainly not the life she's she's very personal with her lyrics she is definitely that's the first thing you get yeah and lyrics. she's and 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 her delivery is always feels really authentic yeah, which I love. It's just got that. It's just got something of a different time. Mm. No, it's certainly. I, I think timeless. Yeah, it's timeless. timeless. Yeah, it carries on very well. It's like, oh, I didn't realize I still needed this kind of well, music in my think, life. Yeah, I think from the fifties. Like, the two. Well, that's it. The two touch points would be like the Roaring Twenties, that almost like jazz era thing yeah. she's got, and then also the the fifties, sixties, um, early days of pop music. Yeah, those are the two things mm. that I think she does yeah. best. Like she, she's um, not quite one note in that regard. But she she uses her writing sensibilities and gives it different flavors mm. as it goes on. But you you, you still can recognize the Lana Del Rey almost yeah. instant instantly. Yeah, I think as soon as the vocals hook, like the 2012 album felt for me like her writing in a in a cabin in the forest, like and this one's her writing on a rickety house on the edge of a <laughs> cliff overlooking an ocean during a storm. Yeah. I that's the change. That. That's totally the change. Yeah. She does. It does feel like she's a little bit more boxed in or something like that. But the, the bombastic songs are more bombastic than ever. But then I also think that this, the, the songs, like you say, that have different twists on them. I think when she goes with a little hip hop twist, it's always good. But on this album, when she goes with a little R&B twist, it doesn't work so well. With the featured artist. Yeah. Um, you know him? Do you know the ASAP uh, Rocky? A dollar, a dollar app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Ninety nine cents on the Google Play Store. He's, you know what? I actually, I have limited interaction with ASAP Rocky in his like solo stuff. But anything that I have heard, I've liked. I just don't know if he's a good fit for this album. No, it's, it's very much disjointed. Yeah, as it's, as what it felt like an intermission. Yes. to everything else because it was right in the middle, and it's two tracks. Yeah, it's two tracks. Yeah, it's like a little interlude. Groupie Love, the second one, I think is good, but it doesn't actually feature him as heavily. He kind of just chimes in at the end. Yeah. Whereas the first one, Summer Bummer, um, is it almost sounds like a generic yeah. R&B rap track. I, I, th- I think some of the featured artists otherwise quite um, underwhelm me a little bit. Mm. Like um, Lust for Life, the uh, one with The weekend, Second track? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, Stevie Nicks, I, I expected... A little more, maybe? A little more in the, in the songwriting and melody aspect. Yeah. It seemed like 
kind of third last song featuring Stevie Nicks kind of affair mm-hmm. as opposed to like the penultimate or just something very very hooky and almost a single you could almost I could almost imagine the single featuring Stevie Nicks but I don't know the song yeah, didn't have it, it. Sounded, it, it you know I kind of compare that to the song that Future Islands did with Blondie this year also we didn't cover that one on the podcast but um it might well bother my top 20 it's yeah. very very good and sh- but I almost felt like that had a much more vital quality to it than this. This felt more like a token inclusion for Stevie Nicks, whereas on the Future Islands track, it <laughs> it sounded more desperate, you know? Uh-huh. Like, and I guess kind of a sad way, but obviously Blondie's, uh, and I should say, not Blondie, but Debbie Harry, you know? Yeah, the, yeah. Blondie is the band, Debbie Harry is yes. the singer, right? So it felt like, you know, she was almost <laughs> like singing from beyond the, the fame grave. And it gave the song a really interesting quality. Whereas this, it just sounds more like, you know, Steve Nicks was pampered and put in the studio and put in the vocal booth. And yeah. Well, I, I adore Stevie Nicks and I adore, no, she's great. I adore Debbie she's Harry great. and they're still doing music frequently. Yes. That's great. Yeah. But I didn't feel that in this. No, but did you, I, I really liked, so Tomorrow Never Came features Sean Lennon. And I thought that was John Lennon's son. I thought that one works really, really well. Yeah. Uh, it is John Lennon's son, right? Yeah, Sean and Lennon. Yeah, wow. it's John Lennon's okay. son. I I thought that without even knowing that. Ah, I was like, that sounds a lot like John Lennon. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, um, there's a reason. It's yeah, his yeah, son yeah. for sure. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, very. I think the best guest. I think the guest best guest spot on this record is him. That was one of the more interesting songs, definitely. Yeah, and a lot of really cool soundscapes in this. Like Thirteen Beaches is incredible. Yes, this whir- whir- whirling storm of stuff. Pretty much like the weather we're walking. We were uh, walking through yeah, later yeah, sunshine, on now. Sunshine, sunshine, and rain yeah. at the same time, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And um, the second to last song is called "Change," and it just has this absolutely beautiful, you know. And that's what I think Lana Del Rey is at her best. It's so simple. I mean, the instrumentation is so minimal, yeah. but the song itself just stands alone as an incredibly no, well written de- song. Definitely, like the problem how Lana Del Rey albums is that they plot on. For a bit, mm-hmm. songs are the songs are a bit samey for the most part. This yeah. album, this album tries to change it up as much as it can. Yeah, I appreciate that, but it's but, yeah. still not enough. I it's, don't think it's maybe not because like her because her stock and trade is a slow like is slow songs. So yeah. you don't you, you really when even when Lana Del Rey does an upbeat song quote unquote it's still pretty slow by yeah. most standards. So I think she she's unlike yeah. anything from her league. Yeah. I guess her, her, her piano female fronted piano league. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Yeah, she's got yeah, that going for her. I'd agree with that. She's totally unique. Yeah, no one can do Lana the Ray being a Lana the Ray, you know. No. Um, but yeah, when it, when this just, I, I yeah, it, it obviously it's too long. I think you know we can all agree that there's a lot of stuff there that could have been cut. Yes. Um, I think I you know it's an hour and twelve minutes long, and I think as a even as like a fifty minute album, this this would have been. Close yeah. to perfection. I, I mean, long albums I have no problem with for the most part. I love double albums, you know. Like, mm, I'm the same. Uh, it's, it's just what they put into it that really matters. Yeah. yeah. It's, does it feel like every single cut on this album was vital for the whole narrative? And on this, it almost feels like there were certain songs that that were kind of put in to pad for time. Like, for example, I don't, I don't think there needs to be two ASAP Rocky songs. Yeah. And I certainly don't think we need that last song Get free. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's essentially "Creep" by Radiohead. Yeah, it was a whimper. One in the bang. Eey. You know, if you if you you listen to the final song of this album and you can't sing along "Creep" by Radiohead, then you're doing it wrong <laughs> because the chord structure for the first at least for the first two and a half minutes before the 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 Lana Del Rey chorus kicks in, but the vast majority of the song is identical yeah. to "Creep" by Radiohead. Um, so even if it is meant as an homage, it's still a weird way to end the album. 
Yeah. You know? I don't know. Uh, any any final words to it? For Lana Del Rey, I would just say that um, that I think that I like her style. I feel like it could have maybe it could have evolved a little bit further from what I know. I do feel like a lot of these cuts could have been on the first album. It's subtle. It's really, really subtle, the changes she's made. But at the same time, there are songs on here that can stack up with her very best. Mm-hmm. And that first song, Love, it just has one of those choruses that you, yeah. just, you just can't get out of your head. It's it's brilliant. Almost a Bond theme. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And it, that's kind of her this whole aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think this is a very worthwhile inclusion in her back catalogue. And for, to my... As I say, to my great ignorance, I wasn't familiar with her um, two most recent releases, so I'll go back and yeah. Let's get this back on the radio, not Adele, not yeah, none of that Adele this shit. Back on the radio. This is this is a really good step forward, I think, for pop music. What about you, Dylan? Any final thoughts? Do you want to tell us your favorite your favorite track oh, in the rest of it? Thirteen Beaches. Thirteen Without Beaches. Without a doubt, the best one. Yeah, what Thirteen is Beaches is wonderful. Um, for me, it's probably uh, probably change. Yeah, it is a real. It's not like bad. it's got a, it's kind of like Bob Dylan meets yeah. Paul Williams. Yeah. You know, it sounds like it could be the big ballad in a musical, but it's also got that, like, folk uh, revolution sensibility yeah, to it. You love. know, if, if you like ballads, you like this. Yeah. I personally, I personally <laughs> don't like, don't like um, very, uh, just front, front and center choruses too much. Mm-hmm. I like, I like kind of a, a build up and a very, like, a puzzle that will wrap your head around, not just kind of, this is where the chorus is. Yeah. A lot of these songs have that. They do. Yeah. So... She's developed, she is developing as, as a songwriter and uh, it's nice to hear some meat and potatoes songwriting mm-hmm. doing well. So there's a few missteps, but for the yeah. most part, yeah. it's a it's a win. If you love Lana Del Rey, you'll really like this. Yeah. So yeah. Put a number on it. Oh. Um, seven? I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's a seven uh, out of ten I'll, album. I'll come, I'll come back to bits of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not, it's a singles album. That's that's my takeaway. But it's a 7 out of 10. So very good score for Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Kamikaze Girls is the next album. This The album is called Seafoam. So these guys are kind of, I think they're, they believe they're from sort of Leeds mm. and London. It's like, a, it's a duo if, I, yeah. if I'm not speaking out yeah. of turn. Yeah, it is. Um, so the, uh, quite new. Yeah, very is this new. is this the debut album or is this the so, second uh, album? I think so. I think this is the debut. Yeah, this is early. It's early days for Kamikaze Girls. It sure feels like the debut if it isn't. Yeah, and their their sort of pitch is that they're very influenced by '90s Riot Girl yeah. genre stuff. Um, so I'm thinking, who? What's coming to mind for you? I'm sort of thinking Hole, Garbage, Hole, Garbage mixed with Henry Rollins mm-hmm. mixed with The Cure's guitar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Is that very is that very clear? I I, I think you've yeah. you've about hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, and this one is this one is short. It's it's in and out in like well under forty minutes. Yeah. Um. So it's got that kind of punky punch to it. As oh, it's well. a, it's a, it's a pretty raw, pretty yeah. raw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Comfortable feeling at most times. It is. It is. Well, the, the, whereas maybe the mu- it's musically comfortable, but I feel like the lyrics are quite uncomfortable at times. Yeah, and that offsets it quite well, I think, for the most part. Yeah, because the. Because uh, Kamikaze Girl's mission statement is almost to raise awareness of mental health issues. Mm. Um, if you if you read their little their little bio or whatever, that's sort of their reason for existence, which is great because I think a lot of times squeaky clean uh, pop and and folk and sort of piano rock guys are the people who are pushing the mental health agenda. And I think it's nice to hear a band with a little bit more oomph to them. Um, Taking that cause. Yeah. You know, taking it on. So, anyway, what did you think of the sound of, of Seafoam by Kamikaze yeah. Girls? I think uh, uh, the, the sound's taken apart 
I'm not too keen on. But as they fit it together, I quite like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like how sharp it sounds, how biting, how much chorus there is. Mm. Usually I'm sick of that, but mm. I, I like I like the way they work it, you know. Um, I, I find it very interesting, the lack of melody there is and the and the fact that that doesn't totally matter with what they're saying. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I think... Um, I don't think that's the point. If there was... It's probably not the point, and that's a most of the reason why I don't tend to dip back into that particular corner of the ni- of 90s music is that it feels more message-orientated than melody-orientated. Yeah. Um, so I think there are moments of brilliant clarity on this album where the the song and the songwriting and the lyrics and everything kind of come together. Yeah. But then I also think that there are stretches of time in this album where it it's not it's not hitting the mark on one or the other, you know? It's mm. maybe not hitting the mark melodically, but it is lyrically and then it is hitting the mark melodically, yeah. but maybe not lyrically. Yeah, like uh, Teenage Feelings combines it pretty yes. well. And Berlin. Um yes. I think Berlin, yes. Berlin. Um, mm-hmm. But then pretty well like my vitriol kind of style but light the light world of my 100% vitriol 100% my vitriol yeah this, yeah the thing what you're going to notice on this album is when you hit the singles like Teenage Feelings and uh, KG Go to the Pub well, I don't know if it's a single but the big songs on it is they do call to mind not only a vibe but also they call to mind specific songs I've, I've been finding it hard to put my finger on it but there are uh, Teenage Feelings in particular sounds just like something else I know yeah. They are they're leaning on a lot of stock chord progressions and stuff like that, which isn't necessarily a bad thing when you're putting your own spin on things lyrically. Mm, and they do. But I don't know if if it's hugely original, is what I would say. Uh hmm. it doesn't sound like they're making an effort to really put their own stamp on things musically. Not too much. They're in their comfort zone. Yeah. I can tell. Hopefully in the future they can get out of it a little bit. But that's what I'm saying. I actually think this album serves as more of a statement of purpose than necessarily their um the work that everyone is going to go back to yeah. as a reference point, you know? They, they nail the soundscape. I don't get sick of the soundscape they mm. laid down. I, it may sound a bit predictable at points, but I don't... That's well, that's the great thing about it. short albums, isn't it? They, you, yeah. you don't get sick of them before no, <laughs> they're in and out. Yeah. But, uh, what, yeah, I just they say soundscape. I think the soundscape and the sound stage in this album is beautifully well put yeah. together. Um, yeah. It's it's one of the like the widest sounding albums I've heard yeah. all year. It's it's capped off very nicely near the end with weaker than. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The other way, that's so different from everything else. Yeah. So much more personal. It feels. That's kind of the big like quote unquote ballad. It's more just like the big slow song on the album. Yeah. But um, it's a very uh, visceral and tangible account of the singer waking up after presumably a suicide attempt yeah. in a hospital bed and, and the the feelings that accompany that and the different um, images that accompany that. So that's a that's you know that's a good punch. And there are a few of them on the album. Yeah. The you, final song also, I Don't Want to Be Sad Forever. Yeah, you don't... You, you really can't help but pay attention to what they're saying. No, you can't. That's what... Yeah, I really enjoyed that about the album is the lyrics are very well thought out and very well put together. And it's... Uh, it actually kind of reminds me of, um, of Milk Teeth in that way. And bit. I'm not saying that just because it's a female-fronted grunge and 90s-inspired rock band that's kind of from the UK underground right now, even though they have, they have a lot of similarities in that sense. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, the, just the lyrical and melodic approach is similar at times. You mm-hmm. know, even there are moments where you can where the, the, um, the other guy in the band is like contributing a little bit of backing yelling. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that kind of reminds me of what the guy from Milk Teeth uh, used to do when 
uh, he's gone now but you yeah. know that he, his contributions are often like that he would <laughs> sort of <laughs> yell in the background as a support for um for for becca or yeah in this case um the singer from kamikaze girls yeah yes um yeah no it's, a, it's, it's an exciting album i think for the it most is. part from this it, sound it, yeah does it does it i mean intellectually i think it's great but on a deep kind of does it resonate with you on an emotional level do you know um that's what that's what it's what's where it's did not connecting for me um personally not too much okay bits bits and pieces mm-hmm. like it, it very much applies to generally everybody yeah who partially suffers from this kind of stuff or 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 completely mm-hmm. like like it'll affect everybody as long as you pay attention to it yeah not a lot of people these days do right exactly but they're, it's, they're it's all improving they're all trying to find the hooks and this album doesn't have a lot of hooks when it does it's jarring and I love it mm. I love the hooks that they put into this stuff it's really cool um, yeah that's why that's why I think it was an exciting album yeah Definitely. yeah I think it's I think it's a really exciting album I think I think they need a little bit more refinement of their sound to kind of to, to, to totally have me on board but I'm definitely watching out for that what they do next because um, there's a huge amount of potential there I think something else that needs a little bit of work is that a little bit of work is their guitar tone Um I don't know how you felt about that, but it's very, um, it's very chorus led. Yeah. And, uh, it quite effects driven. Yeah. And I almost swamps feel like... It swamps it a bit too much? Yeah, a little bit. I, I almost feel like it takes away from the the, the, the actual notes mm-hmm. because there's so much, uh, almost synthetic stuff put on top and effects put on top of the guitar. I don't think it needs all of that to, to work. Yeah, it's a careful ground. It's, yeah. It's, it's a hard ground and to And it's tread, an homage to a sound that I'm not necessarily all that familiar with, so I can understand that. Yeah. That might not be their goal, um, but uh, regardless, you know, it, I think it's I think it's good that we're bringing it to the, the podcast. I think there are some great moments on here, um, as we were discussing, like I, "Unhealthy Love," the second to last track, really, really good. "I Don't Want to Be Sad Forever," the last track uh, yeah. is excellent. Death, um, Death Cap and Teenage Feelings got it for me. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. for nothing. You know, and the and the opening track, "One Young Man," is good too. Yeah. Um, so I think for fans of I mean in the most broad sense I think if you're if you're big into Nirvana I think you'd have a lot of fun with this yeah a bit of placebo there's a bit of placebo in there mm-hmm. sure definitely yeah a bit of like early placebo without you or nothing kind of era 2001 um, but yeah like I, I, I think I think if you like the first song you'll you'll like the rest yeah definitely and even if you even if it's more sort of hard edged indie that's your thing you, that's an entryway to this as well mm-hmm. things like Interpol or the vaccines um, editors you know there there's a, there are roads to this from a lot of different places because they're they're pulling in a lot of different influences yeah um, and again not, there's nothing that's going to put you off too much there's you know the vocals are are great um, real just you know ragged raw this is a British woman telling you about you know yeah. her problems and stuff um, yeah, as long as you don't so, mind like spoken word yeah it's not aimless it's uh, you may think it is at first I did but um, I was time. like oh I get it I get it. I got what she's trying to do yeah 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 but uh, you know no, but it, she, she's speaking from the heart and um, I think there's, I think a lot of people are going to dig this one yeah so uh, I, I need a little bit more time with it and I need to see just more of everything yeah a lot time. of work went into this it seems like they very carefully went through everything but yep yeah uh, but they strike me as the kind of band that's going to come out with a new album like next year. Yeah, you know, I don't think they stop. I don't think they're slowing down. I think they're, they're going to speed up. So the young bands need to. Yes, God, exactly. <laughs> or else they won't survive. Yeah. So your your favorite song was it Death Cap? Uh, ooh, God. Um, yeah, could have been Death Cap. I think mm-hmm. between Death Cap, Teenage Feelings, Good for Nothing, cool, something between those. Yeah, 
I'll take Teenage Feelings. Yeah, cool. Cool. And uh, and slap a number on it. Oh, um, six. We're in full oh, agreement so far this week. Two for two. I know. I swear to God, I'm not copying you. <laughs> I, I swear to God, Dylan, this is yeah. all opinions of my own. It's like I'm not going to give it a seven because I gave the other one a seven, so I'm going to give it a six. You know what I'm saying, eh, no. try to be consistent here, people. All right, let's move on. Uh, next album we're going to talk about this week is Sacred Hearts Club by Foster the People. So Foster the People, who you may, who you most probably know from uh, your acoustic the song. shows anywhere. God, your what? <laughs> you know. Enter a bar here, pumped up kicks. Ah, uh, pumped up. That's yeah. I was, I was, I was trying, I was trying to remember that. Yep. So pumped up kicks, which, for my money, is the worst Foster People song. I, I know it's overplayed to death. It is. But, but even totally discounting that fact, I still think that pumped up kicks is the weakest Foster People song, and it does not represent really the vast majority of what their songs sound like. Mm, sadly, it does. <laughs> you think so? Okay, that's fair. But well, majority has it. It does. But, well, their 2011 album Torches was one of the albums that I kind of hit again and again and again that year. Okay, okay. Um, I, I think it had a really brilliant sense of, uh, like like what we were talking about last week with Alpha Male uh, Tea Party. Mm. It knows how to balance fun and seriousness or yeah. like fun and business where you know it, it, and it can switch them on a dime you know so they can go from playful to sinister really quick yeah um, obviously in a much more pop oriented way these guys are you know they're they're pure pop with little twists of hip hop here and there and little twists of electronica um, little twists of what you know you it's, it's largely hip hop and electronica those are the two but then with more um upbeat shimmering pop right so that's that's Foster People as you probably know I mean most people would know at least one or two of their songs and then they had a follow up album I believe in 2014 um, called Supermodel yeah Supermodel and I gave that one a cursory listen or two but I think it I think it it, it, it did it, at points it lived up to the original or to the first album but it also was a little bit of a letdown so that takes us to they're not too prolific this is their third album in uh in six years so you know take it for what it's worth they've obviously spent a long time on it Sacred Hearts Club Dylan what did you think of Sacred Hearts Club? sounds very dated <laughs> sounds extremely dated um, okay alright I'm, sh- I'm sure a lot of the work sounds pretty dated and yep. not saying that because of Pumped Up Kicks hearing mm-hmm. that 24-7 thinking it's from like early 2000s yeah. whereas it you know um, it shouldn't be <laughs> okay it shouldn't be considering no pump, yeah Pumped Up Kicks I think has entered the the musical lexicon of our certainly our country I was surprised this, when you said like 2011 like 2010 was the first 2011 one? yeah wow Holy we're talking a long time ago it's it's kind of reached achieved that same status as like Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet or Bohemian Like You by the Daddy Warhols or Stacey's Mom by Founders of Way and it's just one of those yeah. rock-ish songs that gets played at least once a day on some radio station you know yeah. it's, or, or or Mr. Brightside by The Killers you know what I mean it's like a staple now yeah um, so I can understand what the frustration but anyway I have a, quite a fondness for Foster People so I'm interested to hear your thoughts um, it's a bit it, it's um, it's everything I dislike okay <laughs> how, can, how, how else can I you don't have to you, you, it's okay I, I, uh, I, I, I can I, I don't need to be Molly Coddle you can be as you can be as a as biting and, and cutting as you like. Oh, it starts kind of well with okay. with a lot of cool, almost almost kind of um, oh, 
um, you know, you know the resurgence of funk, digital funk that's coming out recently. Yeah, it's a bit of that at the start, like a little bit With, of chromio, a little bit yeah, of a little bit, of, a lot of cro- a lot of chromio actually yeah. at the start. Mm-hmm. For sitting next to me, do it for the money, paid a man I didn't really care for. Um, then it starts getting a bit cluttered with everything you'd hear on the radio in in regards to what it's derivative to. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really catch me until way later. Okay. I think with, with like um, Static Space Lover and Lotus Eater. Static Space Only Lover then does really it good. get yeah. kind of kind of interesting. Okay. Like they're they're picking out all their strengths. I feel like I feel like I feel like I, if they were this kind of band Along more often with those songs, I'd like them. Mm-hmm. I think that's where their strengths lie, but it's too little, too late. Okay. That's interesting because I, I have the opposite experience of the album. I think it like... Oh, and it ends dreadfully with with, with Harden the Paint and the Three. <laughs> it sounds so, oh, plastic. Like like some of the albums we've covered, you know. Um, yeah. Some of the ones I'm not too keen on. <laughs> well... It's it's like, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I really? mean, for me, I just think it starts... I, I can't help but love this because it starts so blindingly well. I think... I think the it, it sort of hits you with Pay the Man, Doing It For The Money, Sitting Next To Me, Sacred Hearts Club, I Love My Friends, Artry. I really think it Hits only, me with a sponge, I really. Think it, I a think, wet sponge. I think those songs are so packed wall to wall with great instrumentation and just great vocal hooks um, and great choruses that it's hard for me not to love this album, even if I do think it falls off a little bit of a cliff in the second half. Um, I agree with you. I think they start leaning on different kind of weird influences. Like, I can almost hear a little bit of, like '90s trance and stuff like that in the second half. Yeah. And it's it, it you know I I had like that confused silence there because the songs the last kind of four songs to me sort of mush together a little bit. Um, yep. And obviously that's not good. No. You know, it's terrible. <laughs> um, especially from a band that you kind of expect. You know banging singles like they're kind of one of those bands okay. that you expect you when you get their album you expect 10 you know radio ready singles yeah. nothing in this album besides the two that I listed Space Lover and um, Lotus Eater sound banging to me really nothing, nothing sounds banging to you me don't, you don't really you don't think uh, like no. oh that's interesting no, no, there's, there's that's not really much. interesting you don't think um, like Sit Next to Me or Doing It For The Money like those it, those it, songs could it, stand up against anything that's I've heard, on the radio I've, right now I've heard it done better I've actually I've yeah. completely heard them better. Um, that's fair. I see. Think about it is I love the singer's voice too. I think he's got that. Oh, that that's where it really doesn't hit, hit for me. Yeah, well, that's you see that that's such a huge factor that because it's it, possible it, to ignore. Well, everybody tries to ape his vocals. Yeah, from what I've heard, uh, like most people playing acoustically mm. on stand st- stand up nights. Yeah, they try to ape that kind of voice. Yeah, it's almost X Factory. Almost in a way. I think it's too lackadaisical to be X Factory. Yeah, I, think I, I guess he's got that something a little less. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just something that the radio would pick up without a worry. Right, there's no risk taking. It's not offensive, but I I think it's got something different insofar as he sounds. I have a real soft spot for vocalists that almost sound like bored. <laughs> yeah, well, think, there's there's, ba- there's there's this kind of a laid back nature to it that I that really charms me for some reason. Um, but that's again, you know, I can see how you could go the other way. Yeah, um, there's a band. Uh, I mean, like Lotus Eater kind of sounds like a lot of like mid two thousand stuff. I kind of like like mm. mix of hives. Oh, there's a band that I can't, I can't get to mind. Um, uh, I think there's Juicy like the Juice. Shins or something. Or oh, what was it? Uh, they, they, they did song Ju- Juice Box. Um, hmm. Were they again? Oh, it'll come back to me. 
It yeah. sounds very much like that era of Britpop. Or like or like the Wombats or something. The Strokes. Or the Strokes. Yeah. A bit of Strokes, which kind of boring vocal kind of boring yeah. vocals done well. Well yeah, but that's Judy and Casablancas is was probably the, the pioneer of that style. Yes. You know, because he kind of just floats off into the distance like this. Yes. And you know, he yeah, he's drawing from that that yeah. tradition. He has a lot more weight in his vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this, and he goes falsetto a lot. That this lacks. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they should have kept to one sound, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, what? I don't say that for all albums, but they do, in sacrificing tasting like different different bits and bobs, they don't really uh, focus anywhere. They, they, there is not a lot of focus, and it seems like a lot of things are rushed. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? Kind of, kind of, a yeah, bit? kind like, of. Like, I, I mean, I suppose I feel like there this... are strengths in places. Yeah, but they're not honed in. Well, the the much. album cover is the guys looking like they're like they're sort of standing on uh, at the entrance to a nightclub or something, or like mm-hmm. a, a, or maybe a, a seedy kind of venue, and that's kind of how I, where I feel like this takes the foster the people sound. I mean, it's, it feels like it's taking it to a Berlin nightclub, Ugh. um, and I kind no, of like that. Not. There's certainly kind not. of a vibe that even though it's hard for me to articulate. I just like where they've gone for the most part in this album. So yeah. I, you're not going to hear me complaining about it too much. I put this on. I have a great time. Um, so, yeah. But it's just, that's just the way. Like, like a German a, dance club. Yeah. Fine, not a nightclub. Not okay, really. Okay, like, sure. Pretty much a dance club. Yeah. Where's the kind shite. of place? The kind of place where people are going to the bathroom to inject cocaine into their eyeballs, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, but like you were saying with Kamikaze Girls, I was asking, like, does on a deep sort of neural level do the songs connect emotionally and with Kamikaze Girls the answer was largely no and for me with Foster People the answer is largely yes but I, I know you I know you like Kamikaze Girls kind of style a bit more than this stuff yeah but it's all about that's the thing is you can like a style of music but then it's all about the specifics <sighs> Foster People might not be Good the type point. of music I like but those songs for some reason I like them they, they like they punch my amygdala it's just, it's just the way it is, folks. Yeah. Have a listen to the album, see what you think, because I think these are, I think these, a lot of these are world class pop songs. Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another Calvin Harris, people. Oh, it's um, possibly. No, it's a little bit better than Calvin Harris. It's a little bit. Better. All right, all okay. right. You want, you want to throw a favorite song in the mix? Um, Static Space Lover. Static Space Lover yeah. is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I, I, I think it's I Love My Friends. Yeah. Static Space Lover was them doing Arcade Fire, then Arcade Fire, do, it, do Arcade yeah, Fire. Yeah, little Arcade Fire there yeah. too. I Love My Friends just has this glorious, glorious bass tone that I want in every song ever. So oh, that's yeah? the yeah. main reason why I'm, um, why I'm putting bass it forward. Was, bass was good. The bass... Bass player is great. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. And the bass, the bass production on this album. I think the production on this album largely is spectacular, but that song in particular, wow. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's really something special uh, so f- I'm going to give it a 7 4 3 3 4 3 4 3 4 3 3 give it a 3, three. commit commit man 3 quarters ok well that's a huge disparity but yes. we've had big dis- disparities before yeah. uh, Foster People I mean if you like pumped up kicks go take a long walk off a short pier but if you like any other sounds like Foster People uh, give this check this one out because it's um, I think it's really good it surprised me I was like, oh, this is, doesn't sound anything like Pumped Up you Kicks. What? It's a different realm. It's a different realm. Speaking of different realms, uh, you want to dig into our last new release of the week? <laughs> from the sunny shores, wherever Decapitated are from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poland, thank you very much. From the sunny shores of Poland. Yes. We bring you Decapitated. <laughs> because, you know, it wouldn't be a Kill Shuffle episode if we didn't throw one curveball in the mix. Yeah. And this is my curveball. 
Well, there's still a few colour brawls to go, but yeah. Still, I am. That's true. That's true. That's true. But um, you know, you can. Uh, you, there's a lot of albums where we sort of say, you know, this is a great entry point to blah blah blah, blah or mm. you know, anybody could listen to this, put this on at a party. Everyone's going to jam to it. I don't know if this is exactly that album, but um, this is billed as technical death metal. Now, I don't know if, would you, uh, just first impressions, would you say that technical death metal is a good description by Anti-Cult by Death by Decapitated? And a little more. Hmm. Like, it's not, it's not the Meshuggah level. It's, well, Meshuggah, it's, I would almost describe it. Well, yeah. Well, is is Meshuggah technical death metal? Yes. Is that what it is? Yes. Because I think this comes from a different... You see, that's the thing is, right? Decapitated, from from everything that I've read, I'm not super familiar with Decapitated's back catalogue to just put everything on the table, but the story about Decapitated is they're from Poland mm-hmm. um, and they what they used to play, and I did have a little listen back, was was pretty stock and trade technical death metal, you know? Sure. Like, just wall of wall of sound with polyrhythms, crazy time yeah. signatures. We just want to play metal, so here's our first album ah, kind of thing. And their, yeah. and their vocalist was... A cookie monster vocal, right? Yeah. And and that's kind of that's all typical death metal stuff with just an extra little bit of musical um, dexterity thrown in the mix. And I think then, you nail it there. Yeah, right now here, like it's it's that extra bit of like musical diversity that really s- s- takes it home for me. But I think that uh, but just to finish off the story, to capital, okay, I sorry. think no, but I agree with you. I think but I think that extra thing in the mix has changed since the early days because they were in a terrible terrible van accident in 2007 well I heard about that yeah where after which the drummer actually died in the accident mm. and the singer uh, the Cookie Monster vocal dude he sustained such terrible injuries that at this point he's not fully recovered and this was 10 years ago their accident um, so he he did sustain some sort of brain injury and he's he can no longer continue with the band so the band went along as kind of a skeleton crew they were on hiatus and they they uh, recruited a new drummer they recruited a new singer um, and that I think is where the scales began to tip away from the more traditional death metal and towards something that I would think of as more Scandinavian they wouldn't be doing themselves any favours if they stuck to the same sound I agree for their own health, mental health's sake Yes. Just be like, this sounds like the same band which we just suffered a terrible accident from. we yes. got to change it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think, and I listened a little back, bit back um, to their comeback album from 2011, which is called uh, Carnival is Forever. And that's, it, it, there's elements of what you hear here on Anti-Cults, but Anti-Cults feels like the accumulation of many years of hard work. Mm. And what they've injected into that technical death metal sound is Gothenburg style riffs, more melody, and a singer that has a much, I think, a much more appropriate register. Yeah, I would say singer more than more than death metal vocalist because in order to do some of the stuff he does here, he needs to know how to sing pretty well, yeah. and he does. He yeah. doesn't sing, but he 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 backs he backs the metal vocals with range. But that's the thing; he's got range, and I think you can always hear you can always hear when uh um when a harsh vocalist, if you want to put it that way, or a screamed vocalist or whatever, and knows where they're pitching their vocalizations yeah. because you know it's they, they, there's a difference between uh totally atonal screaming and then uh screaming that has like an, uh, a little note to yeah, it he, like, can, he can project around it's not just the whisper yeah. vocals that you get from or, some or, the, or the like deep in the boost kind of yeah the, like, um yeah or not else from geez whoa uh monomarth yes yeah. yeah yeah so anyway can you describe what you heard when you listened to this or what you thought um, of it um I like I like to start a lot. I like to start a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, and then I start to like elements from 
bits of the songs, and then it kind of goes like, okay, this is going on for a bit too long for me. Okay. Because I find it hard to listen to this stuff in full album form. Sure. Sorry for, for, for you know, saying that. Man, that's the whole conceit of the podcast. We're trying to kill Shuffle here, man. Come on. Yeah. But the thing about very, very much angry. <laughs> yeah. Angry in the death metal sense albums. It's hard for me to totally get with for 40 minutes, yeah, what have fair. you. Um, but elements that come in and out, I love. I love so much. I just think it's it's a bit samey for most for about sixty percent of it, but what or the forty percent is astounding. Yeah, like oh my god. Um, some of the elements as well are kind of um, they remind me of Nile, like the very melodic solos of Nile mixed with yes, mixed with um, death death rage. There's a bit, bit oh, of like yeah. a bit of like technical melody, but with death metal, um, which is really cool. Um, yeah, it's almost like an Iron Maiden style solo, but the notes they're hitting are just from a totally different yeah. dimension. And plus, like it's it's totally like a new a, a new chapter for the Gothenburg genre. And it's from Poland. It's not even from Sweden. Yeah, but it totally seems like it's from that vein. Mm-hmm. That was see the thing is when I first had Emma's album, I w- I was not expecting to like it. This is not typically the kind of metal that I enjoy. You know, bands with like these kind of violent imagery names and kind of dumb graphic graphical <laughs> art covers and and the and the and the like artist name on the cover yeah. is dumb ass shit <laughs> right and songs with name and songs with names like it's death valuation tumbleweed on fire yeah right. i did not i expected this to kind of be another big dumb death metal record and it's not that at all no no it's surprising the first thing that twigged me towards uh putting this one under the microscope more was the production job which was done by one of the guys in the band and, and somebody else i actually my ear pricked up because I thought it was Jens Bogren who was the producer behind Ghost Reveries by Opeth yeah. and all of Soulwork's most recent stuff and uh, Arch Enemy's most recent stuff and a couple of other bands if you want to look them up but Jens Bogren is like my favourite producer because the albums that he makes just they manage to be crushingly heavy but you could pick out every single note like every single guitar string is is produced to the crispest resolution yeah the drums are super clear you can hear you can just hear everything yeah it's the most pleasing you'll listen to death metal yeah. if you're not a fan it's exactly like, the opposite of, of that sort of classic black metal this was recorded at the bottom of an oil drum trapped under ice in a norwegian forest or whatever you know yeah. it's 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 a super clean job which means you can hear everything and, and even if something isn't necessarily as melodic as you think it might be on the face of it because the production job is so good, you can hear melody in every single part of the, the album, yeah. um, and that's what it was for me. So once once I kind of once I kind of heard that production job, it made me listen closer to the songs. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much more to this album than just technical death metal. I think, um, yeah, like yeah. especially like during the mid part where it did start catching me a little a little under the, under the weather in terms yeah. of like oh it's starting to go. The song sounds the same. This song sounds the same. It changes it up in the middle of those songs. Yeah. Uh, so much as to make some of those songs my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. When they, when at the start they were not. So they change it up that much. But like it's every song I feel like has something extra. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Because they, what they do. They don't, and, they don't linger too long on the tropes. No. Of metal, which is great. No, that's the thing. You might only get like a verse where it's the full blast beats and. Uh, and you know heavy detuned guitar or something then you'll get like a lovely clean guitar riff or something that sounds like it's kind of been high passed through an AM radio that then breaks into a full riff yeah. and and you even get some almost industrial 
riffs on this, so like Rob Zombie style. Yeah, that kind of drive that really drive forward. Like you on you get that on Earth Scar and you get that on yeah. uh, Kill the Cult, and then you and I always think there's like maybe I'm hearing. Uh, layers that aren't there but I almost think there's like a party vibe to some of the songs oh like, yeah with like k- kill, some of the first stuff as like well, k- like. Kill the Cult where that, that, that chorus of like kill this cult da, 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 da. Like, it, you could, I could almost thrash, see yourself like, dancing around like an idiot a thrash party it's like a thrash party at, at points yeah and there's amazing bits of melody to be honest with you the band that this most reminds or there's two bands that this really reminds me of that I did not expect um, to come up because they're both so unique is Scar Symmetry and Soil Work you familiar with either of those, yeah. those groups? Um, it's it's not just the production, but it's also that they're almost like Trojan horsing melody into incredibly heavy death inspired metal, mm-hmm. um, and it's not in the vocals, but it, it's it's really mostly in the guitar work. Yeah. Oh, no. Like on Earthscar, for example, there's a ba- there's there's like an ascending bass scale. Oh, that's a, that's that that got me. Yeah. So, so it's it's the most yeah it's the scale. most melodic moment on the album is where during the chorus the the guitars are playing these ringing heavy chords, but the but the bass is doing this upward scale, and then the vocalist comes in with just it's the only pure melodic note that he hits on the whole album that's just like a, a clean vocal but it's it, it's almost like the whole album just revolves around it like a hmm. like a planet orbiting around a star that's how much it means when he sings a note yeah. <laughs> like, on Reli- album, relying like, on it fuck me he can actually sing <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then it just it just it just fades out in this lovely double whammy of never and amen because never starts with a great melodic clean yeah. guitar tone then goes into a crushingly heavy song and then ends on what is essentially like an extended coda of Amen very melodic totally instrumental yeah and it, and it just sticks in your head for days um, so it, that that was my experience though. I, 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 I yeah. don't know man it read, this one really really cool. stuck with me yeah um, I, I would like to see more more clean vocals but that's probably going to happen on the, you know what I, I mean I hope so they've been, they've, been, they've been progressing every single album yeah. since Playing the most basic. Yeah, I just want. I just want to see it. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that it's, will make the album. It's all to play for. I mean, yeah. you know, ju- not to like blow my wad too early, but for me, this is a nine, and I think they have a ten in them. Uh, no, I know. Yeah, it's, it's cool. no, no, no. I, 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 I don't think they're quite. A, maybe in their realm. Yeah. Um, they're still not quite soil work scar symmetry level. But they that's because a ways to go mm-hmm. with the new format of their band. Yeah, they're still learning what to do. Um, my god like if these guys open for Mashuga or anybody easily easily mm-hmm. could almost blow the show or um, send the show home yeah um, that's it like like it's in put, put, the, put the lead the main act to shame yeah uh, they, they have all the ingredients of, of t- to make a all time classic record this may not be that record but this is one that's going to be in my top 20 this year I think um, there are so many moments of genius on it I can understand that from you, know? you. And you, that's you, me. You, you've wanted this music for a while. I I never that's, I never get this. I never get this sound um, unless there's a new Soulwork record out or unless there's a new Scar Symmetry record out. And and those two bands, Soulwork have been getting better and better and better. But Scar Symmetry have kind of gone into a more um, space prog point of their career. Yeah. So really, the only band that gives me thrash inspired, super melodic, crushingly heavy, death metal in, influenced riffs with Again, m- much more clean vocals, but also brutally heavy vocals is Soulwork. And now I've also got Decapitated to throw into that mix. Yeah, Soulwork meets Meshuggah. This is what you get. There you go. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, so if you, I mean, to, to, to pick like, 
I, I know I, I've heard this album discussed before mm-hmm. as if you like Lamb of God, this is like a heavier version. I don't. Yeah. Do you hear that? Uh, yeah. Um, I think Lamb of God are kind of exiting that route a bit more now. They're kind of they've they've found out that they can do clean vocals well now. Mm-hmm. Well now, like Randy oh, yeah. Blythe is finally realizing that. Yeah. And I like the way they're going. Yeah. I'm sure most bands have to follow that route eventually. But hey, we can start while it lasts. Mm. I don't necessarily hear the, to be honest, I don't necessarily hear the Lamb of God Pantera connection, the um, groove metal connection to this, but... but it, it got me grooving. It definitely yeah. got me grooving, especially at the start with the drums. Oh my yeah. God. I think it's got more of a frosty... Breakneck Euro- grooving, but you know, still grooving. Yes. You know what it is, though? I think this is more like a frosty European groove as compared to the the baked, dry desert groove of Lamb of God or Pantera or something like that maybe it's a different it's it's a very European sound yeah, yeah. oh definitely yeah so it comes from a totally different mm-hmm. it comes from a different lineage and a, and a different heritage that's my opinion on it and yeah it's it's the alien sound that I love of these albums it almost feels like they couldn't be made anywhere else but like Sweden, Finland, Norway Poland, Germany you know yeah yeah uh, anyway, <laughs> I enjoyed you enjoyed this like, album so much. It's like, stop gushing for God's sake! Man. Oh, you enjoyed this album. What was your What was your What were your hits? Uh, Death, your I hits? think the second album, uh, the second excuse me, the second track, Death Valuation. Death Valuation. Yeah. Oh my God. There you go. That's Death Valuation. And the third song, I can't remember the third song. Oh yes, uh, yeah, 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 Kill the Cult. Yeah, because that, and the first that, song that one's got like that one's got like a proper sing along chorus. Like all you need for this kind of album is it, for it to hit you in the face first song, mm-hmm. as these albums hopefully should. Yeah, and it did. Yeah. It really does. And that got me listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, not not for beginners, I would say. Not 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 for beginners, but um, if you want a little something different, go into this one with an open mind, you know? Yeah, please do. Yeah. Regardless of what your preference to music is. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not part of this music too much. Okay. I still enjoy it. I don't listen to it daily. I no, prob- I probably would rarely come back to this album unless I'm really in the mood. <laughs> like, <laughs> to break stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um, funny because this is like it, it, it's it's such it's such oppressive crushing music. It's like, but this for some reason just brings me to my happy place. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, because good, people are good, weird. Good, good for you. <laughs> Mammals are so strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah. uh, like I said, I, I'm going to give this a nine. Good. What do you think, Dylan? Um, for the genre, it is. I totally understand. Um, I give this a eight. For 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 the genre. Oh snap! Yeah, like, yeah, of course. Like normally, for music taste, I'd probably give it something like a five or, or a six. Okay. Um, because it doesn't totally strike me, and it's not melodic enough. Okay. Like other bands we've mentioned, mm-hmm. so we're, I, I come back to them frequently because oh, yeah. of the melody. Um, this does not have that vocally, so that's why I don't come back to it. Yep. Otherwise, you know, it's a, it's an eight. It's a, it is. It's a yeah, what yeah. it is. No, no, I I I completely understand. That's how I'll judge it. But uh, but if you want an entry point for this, I would say any of Jan Spogren's other albums that he's produced for Swedes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, Ghost Reveries Biopath or Living Infinite by Soulwork. Those are your entry points. But yeah. this was uh, Anti Cult by Decapitated. So yeah. yeah, frosty Polish metal. I love it. God yeah. Yes. Okay. And uh, now finally, we're gonna talk. That's yeah. that's that's here. Get out of my way. This is my. That's album. everything boxed <laughs> up now for 2017. Let's let's take it back to 2012. Mm. Uh, Dylan. Please take it away. Yeah. Still a far away, far away back. Hell five, yeah. Five years for me. Yep. And a lot has happened in this woman, Amanda Palmer's life. And this is uh, her album, Theatre is Evil, including the Grand Theft Orchestra, which is their one and only album. With, with, oh, this with, is the only time? Yes. She she rarely um has... Uh, this this is basically her first one with a full band. Um, She used to be in the Dresden Dolls. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them. They, I, they I, were, I've they were heard, a punk yes. cabaret act. I know, I know the Dresden um, Dolls, yes. Mind-blowingly cool. 
and then she did a solo thing, and then she decided to uh, kickstart the highest-grossing um, album ever. This this album uh, grossed, uh, I think, funded uh, 1.2 million. Yeah. What? How do you mean? On, on Kickstarter. Oh, the highest. Yeah. Oh, funded. Oh, funded, yeah. Funded, yes, yes. Oh, wow, okay. So this was a very tricky landing, this kind of album for her. Mm. In, especially in her career, kind of, she's not quite well-known. In certain squares, she's not quite like Lana Del Rey. Mm. No, no, no. Regina no, no, no. Spector. But she comes from a different, I think she comes from a different tradition. She's punk. She's a punk rocker. Yeah. Thoroughly. Like, like this would be more in the tradition of like the birthday massacre than Lana Del Rey. Uh, if you were to put it on a, on a spectrum, because the Dresden Dolls are like, like yeah, yeah like they're more said, popular, punk. more popular than that. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah, musically different, but I mean, it's just the approach. Yeah. Um. So, had you been? Are you a big? You're a big Dresden Dolls fan, then? Uh, yeah, huge Amanda Palmer fan. Okay, cool. Absolutely diehard. Yeah, she, she's she's definitely one of the most inspiring people on the planet for yeah. what she does. So she is the draw here. Yeah, it's all about it's her personality with a ba- with a big backing. Uh, band. No, okay. Uh, the backing band is has some serious personalities in it as well, like the um, I can't remember the bassist name for the life of me, but he he he's a composer. Yeah, as well. So he he's done a huge like this is the fastest album they've ever done. Mm-hmm. She, she spent she spent years on stuff before, like she's been writing on this music for five years. Okay, like but this was the fastest they got together because it was a full band thinking together mm-hmm. as a unit. So this yeah. is definitely a unit band rather than her, which is her, her going against the, the the nature of people to want to see like a front woman in a band. Like definitely, definitely the other people st- steal the show at some points. Yeah. Um, there is very little piano heard over the mix in this. It's very much with everything else. There are, um, there's a few moments though. Yeah, but her to land this album was 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 just absolute, um, applaudable moment. Yeah, full of full of like serious, um, oh, some serious backfire from the press for what she tried to do with this. Really? Um, yeah, because pe- people are not just not used to this, and it's like, how can you land? What can you give back to people who pay 1.2 million for an album mm. of 14 songs? And she, uh, she paid it back in spades with different things that like she um toured this album with um back backing backing uh, instrumentalists from different cities oh cool. the orchestra as well yeah. as the main band so uh she paid all of them oh good um she she um she started like uh not gofundmes uh patreon she has a patreon now where she like buy buy monthly like rewards everybody with stuff yeah. still paying off from this album but um just a lot of work went and into she gave back an album that is very long yeah I mean it's 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 pretty close to an hour and a half yeah long. and there's a few b-sides it's, as well it's feature length yes it's definitely a feature it's definitely a theatrical experience yeah, <laughs> yeah so just yeah so speaking oh. of which like, can you just describe the album the sound of the album maybe um, like what genre would you say it sits into Every everything she was writing for uh, she she didn't write for a certain genre mm-hmm. like I think I think the songwriting dictated what genre it had to be mm-hmm. um, like do it with a rock star is definitely like eighties inspired kind of yeah fun. Um, want it back. Want it back is definitely the synth, the synth she grew up with. Yeah. Um. It's it's all it's all derivative, but in the best way possible. Well, I think on the uh, whole, like bombastic theatrical not cab- she, not cabaret. She, yeah. This is her doing her same thing, but on a different scale. Yeah. 
used to be just. But her it almost with, feels yeah. like it, yeah, it almost feels like it, it, like if you strung these songs together with a little bit of dialogue, it could be a musical. Yeah, you know, it, it had no choice but to be grand with what yeah. she was aiming for. Yeah, um, it's like it, it's and it's a full it's a full band like brass section, keys, strings, yeah, drums, guitar. Uh, it feels like a rock opera. Yes, at times. Yeah, with um. Yeah, there's five people in the band, for the most part. Okay, but it sounds like more. It really does. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like more. Yeah, they, the orchestra, of course. Yeah. They, they get the orchestra occasionally. Um, but my God, does this go? This goes many directions. Yeah, it does. Um, if, you're, if you're hoping for something uh, concise, it is. But you'll, you'd be surprised. Thematically, it is. It is. Um, it, it, it's definitely very personal, and it tells her story very well. Yeah. It, it's... it's um, it's a, it's a uh, it's a violent it's a very violent record in it is. in that uh it's brutally honest and and you might not be prepared for some of the shit she some of the real shit she's going to drop on you yeah it, 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 um, it, like if you want an album that's veiled in metaphor this is not it this is somebody who is writing their thoughts pretty much as they have them verbatim um without yeah. any sugarcoating or yeah or fancy wordplay you yeah. know like it, it, it almost feels like the lyrics at times are angling to be like t-shirt slogans <laughs> not in a bow but like you oh, know what the, I'm the saying lyri- the everything lyrics. Uh, the lyrics like everything she's saying is is like deliberately provocative yeah she she's uh she's not quite a Zach de la Roca of of her way of ly- lyricizing but yeah, she's no. she's powerful she's punk yeah like there I think I, it works at times I, I think I honestly think the biggest flop on the album well yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it opens. Careful now. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Oh, well, I think it opens uh, weirdly with a weird, like six and a half yeah. minute epic where the Not, main punchline is like, uh, it, it's called um, "Pictures or It Didn't Happen," Smile. and then she sort of finishes it off with a punchline being like, "Get it." Because when you're dead, the dead can't use a camera, yeah. and you know that that kind of start. I think it almost it's a bit bit of, bit of Marilyn Manson. You know, right? Those, those discrepancies, uh, like it's almost like this album. Uh, like, as the first time I listened to it, I had a very visceral reaction to it. Unless, mm. sorry, if you want to keep on going, I was just going to like dig into my thoughts a little no, bit. No, go a little bit. The first time bit. I listened to it, I had a very visceral negative reaction because I, because I have a automatic response to I don't want to say like solo acts, but personality acts, which this very much is. Like, this is. Amanda Palmer album. It's all about her, like it's it's her personality, living and breathing. Um, and in the in certain in terms of the lyrics and the singing, you know what I mean. Love it. It's brash. It's it's uh, in your face. Yeah. And the and 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 it kind of has a real swaggering attitude to it. Um. It like it presumes your attention. It grabs your attention. Yeah. And that kind of annoyed me a little bit because, as I say, I love the laid back kind yeah. of in the in the. It's hard to get used in to the it. wings. It's hard to get used to it. Um, so the first listen through, I found it a little bit rough going because the other thing about this album is she, if there is an opportunity to an extent to extend a song, she will take it. Like, you know, I, cause you may say that thematically yeah. it's concise, but she, she musically, um, she, she, uh, she writes songs. She, she, she sits down and she writes the song. Yeah. She doesn't go, go like, okay, I have a good bit. I'll wait till a few months later to see if I can get another. This is, this is her composing. Yeah. And definitely shows, and yeah, like you, know, you, you get you something is introduced, it's it's expanded yeah. upon, it's it you 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 hear it again, yeah. recapitulation and yeah. stuff. So you know, it, like this is not like verse chorus yeah. verse this for is, the most part. Uh, yeah, this is you know it's not quite the Regina Spectre verse chorus verses. 
It's like, more like the Leonard Cohen verse, yeah. course, verse, course, verse, course, verse, course, verse, course. Yeah, no. <laughs> middle eight, verse, course, verse, course, verse, course, course, course. Mid- course. Middle eight, weird bits, elements, yeah. tons of little elements thrown in. Yeah. Some, some beautiful stuff. Um, like, we'll take the bed song, for example. We'll get there. Oh, we'll really? get there. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. Let me just let me just run you through the, my journey with albums. Yeah, then. yeah. Um, so as I said, visceral negative reaction. The other thing as well that 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 uh, got me the first time was unfortunately uh, her voice when she's when she's going hell for leather. Like the album opens, I would say with the biggest. Yeah. The, it 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 comes out swinging basically um, mm-hmm. with the with the big songs mm-hmm. like um, the killing type and do it with a rock star. And then I think, and then there's there are big songs towards the end, but I think it starts off big. And when she's going hard in the vocal, she does a very, and I've mentioned this a couple of weeks before, but she does a very sort of Chris Bellamy type or Matt Bellamy, sorry, yeah. a very Matt Bellamy type uh, forceful vibrato that I disagree is not to my personal yeah. taste. I wouldn't say it's forceful. Well, whatever how what way yeah. you want to phrase it, but it's that kind of you know it, the words kind of. Uh, pour out of her mouth and that sound just grates on my ear a little bit so that was my experience the first time I listened to it the second time I listened to it was in a better headspace good and I felt like I was starting to understand yeah. where the songs fit together more. yeah she's she's not the most perfect vocalist she's not Lana Del Rey she's not a virtuoso um, no though she has claimed she, she has gotten jealous of their success and this is her her, her whole career was kind of being as like I definitely prefer her over any of those acts any day um but this is kind of her struggle to find her place yeah in, in that realm because yeah, yeah, yeah right exactly like it almost so many like people she's... think of her to be something like that yeah and i think she's a whole lot more than that yeah it feels like she's got a lot of accommodations that she makes with her performance to maybe uh, try and prop up her her vocal um Things that she's maybe learned over the years yeah. to squeeze a more theatrical, rounded performance out of what is maybe on the face of it a more plain voice. Yeah, would yeah. you say that's fair? Um, like, like in terms of raw natural talent, it, I think she's even now gotten better as a vocalist. It's been since almost this. six years. Yeah, yeah. No, she's an incredible vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely get used to it. She's not the greatest vocalist, but that's what I'm saying. Is she's she, she's, she exhumes the energy. It's she's got enough she energy and she's got enough personality uh, technique that it almost she can almost circumvent not yeah. having the most purely yeah. naturally talented yeah. voice and the piano that comes from this apart for a few elements mm-hmm. she plays it more so as a tool yeah. than as a piano right um because it it does the job yeah definitely does the job she I, I, um. She's more a composer than she is a pianist. Yes, that's the thing. You can hear that she has a great. She's a she's a really deep understanding. I mean, she of always music. plays piano, but that it's not her favorite. Right. She she plays ukulele and other stuff as well. She plays piano because that's the composer's instrument. Yeah. yeah. Right. So not quite like uh, fucking um, Regina Spector yeah. is with her stuff. She's a lot more kind of play, playful. <gasps> and I hear weird. I do hear a lot of uh, early Marina and the Diamonds here as well. Yeah. And I know that's yeah. maybe like an ignorant reference to no, make, no, but you'll hear it when you listen to the album. It's, it's, yeah yeah um but unfortunately like i said those are the were the the big moments some of them i came back to i think the killing type is a great song um i'm still coming around to do it with a rock star keep going with it but keep going with i will thing. but there's but there's there's out there's songs towards the end that i'm really i just yeah. know i'll never dig um, like I, massachusetts I, avenue uh i don't like that song that's the only song i don't like um 
I think Grown, Grown Man Cry was... That reminded what? me, just speaking of something, I know that the Grand Theft Orchestra is a song by Grand Pocket Orchestra that uh, Massachusetts Avenue sounds like, and they always ah. kind of, they were like a kazoo band. Yeah, funny. Well, they, they play with stuff they like. Which is, yeah, which, yeah, This yeah. sounds like a bunch of people doing what they love to yep. hear well with some of the most incredible production I've ever heard from an album of this scope. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, uh, it, it's... He, I can't remember who produces it, but he fucking nails it. But that's the thing, is right. I that's that's where I want to go positive now. Is like I I think everything comes together. It's the band, the production, the vocal, the lyrics. Everything comes together on the slow songs, and like you're saying with the bed song. Uh, yeah, I I think I think it's big songs as well are pretty big, and that's totally fair. And I think so. And I agree with you partially, but I think on songs like. Uh, the Trout Heart Re- Replica or Trout Replica Heart Replica Trout Heart Replica Trout Heart Replica uh, Bed Song Bottom Feeder the songs that are more vulnerable I think work incredibly well the piano Grown Men Cry as well Grown Men Cry is possibly my favourite from this it's a beautiful song it's it's the 80s done so well mm. so happily well even the, the kind of the vocal the, the can the vocals are in mm. I, can't, I can't describe it but it sounds like a metal yeah like Chamber, yes, really cool. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. light verb, beautiful, and um, they 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 um they try out so many cool things in this. Mm. It isn't overburdened by the stuff it tries either, because it's just a fun experience. I mean, some might call it like a load of singles. I think there is a there is a route you can follow through this. Mm. If yeah, you think- I wouldn't exactly call it that because I think it's too. Like I said, it, it's not geared for radio because unless everything was like a radio edit, but you know, she Certainly. she never takes the brief option i think she I th- always takes yeah. the bombast the give it one more you know play it again sam you know like the if there's a chorus you're gonna hear it loads she she takes everything to the nth degree in terms of length mm. um which sometimes really really works like, i think yeah. it really works on bottom feeding i think it works on grow man cry yeah. you know it just depends yeah she, she definitely makes you feel your manhood yeah. <laughs> like fucking right in the balls like yeah like bed, bed song is yeah. essentially like an album about dead bedrooms you know oh bed song is the most emotional song I've ever heard in my life. And it's that piano my lick, right? Life. It's that piano riff that, that, that kicks in. It's just this it's gorgeous, a, it's like, a, it's descending a, scale. It's, it's a pleasant song. Yeah. That reminds you of, like, the uh, the inevitability of just, like, what marriage turns into yeah. in such a respect. Yeah. Just what relationships turn into. And it's it's written from a perspective that's not hers mm. directly. Mm. Like she, she is referencing a few elements from her life. But she hasn't lived till old age to no, of course not relate 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 to these songs. But she's writing from like different people's expect example the exhibits. She lists everything as exhibit A to E. That's right, yeah. Different parts of life and how and that that's, uh, that verse, you know, like the 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 five verse six verse format is very like is very Leonard Cohen, yeah, oh, or yeah. Bob Dylan, and that's where I think she's at her best. She, she definitely she's... take the Leonard Cohen, yeah. It's, it's it's the like the vulnerable uh, folk punk that I think works best in yeah. this, as opposed to the more bombastic, over the top yeah. theatrical. Oh, I think the punk. bombastic is pretty good as well. Like do it with a rock star. Um, I love what she has to say with that song. Mm-hmm. As in, like it's it's not it's not it's not all it's not all fun. What's the one uh, where she talks about the the bands on the radio that sound like they want to get blowjobs? Oh, fucking. Um... Because I like uh, I like I like Trout Heart Replica. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one I I I thought was I just lyrically I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. yeah, like I said, there's moments there's moments for me, good moments and bad moments. But I I, yeah. <laughs> I think she hit the nail on the head with that one. She lays down the harsh realities pretty yeah, pretty she well. Does. She does. 
And you can hear there's a little bit of resentment maybe for the mainstream in terms of not maybe giving her enough recognition. I think that was definitely kind of key mm-hmm. there, elements. Um, yeah. There's a lot of abuse yeah. from from fans, even fans. Really, yeah. Regard, regarding this move of an album. Okay. Uh, because she's never hit anything this big and it, it's like, you're not ready for this. <laughs> Most people know you're not ready for this. And she, I think she was ready for it. <laughs> she, she pulled it off. <laughs> oh no, they were ready for well. that. Yeah. Like, oh no, she didn't. She did. <laughs> yeah. And she, she hasn't come out with a her own album since since like she's done albums mm. but they they've um been like half collaborations with people mm-hmm. she's trying to find the right spot and she will come out with yeah. an album soon but like she did an album with her uh I, her idol uh, from the legendary pink dots uh, edward caspell okay if you know them um she did an album with them she did right. an album with her dad recently Aww. so she's checking all these boxes like she she does everything once very well yeah like she doesn't overstay her welcome in in, in in the way she writes and she's she's an endless pit of just Apparently. writing skill it's incredible yeah um, I don't know where to stop or start with this <laughs> I could go on for a few more hours yeah well it, yeah, um, it's, it, yeah like I said it partially won me over yeah. for sure I yeah, think like, some bits were cool like I liked I liked the callbacks from like the callbacks to other songs like um, Melody Dean mm-hmm. with the My Sharona references yeah that was pretty cool great yeah. drums in it I think nice pace uh, Berlin great kind of I don't know it just starts so slow and then it just mm. builds yeah it's explosive cabaret and I think Berlin was her um, what's her name when she was a uh, cabaret dancer slash stripper in yeah, Berlin yeah 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 okay so that's her referencing that part of her life huh alright okay yeah so so much personal stuff you'd be amazed by. yeah yeah it's um, very personal Lost was good as well I like the message in Lost okay the song might be a bit weird for a first comer yeah, I wasn't um, too taken by that one. But that was pretty cool. Like, the the, the vision of, like, oh, you, your loved ones are just in a picture you might find on, underneath they don't, stuff, underneath your sofa. They never leave you. Yeah. yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing thing to say. Yeah. To give people hope. Which is a... I think this is an incredibly important album in that respect. For people. <laughs> for people. And mental health. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. So absolutely. Cool. It just... It comes from a tradition that I'm not usually super on board with but the fact that you know even half the songs made an impact just goes to show that it's obviously of, of, of a high quality because you know I I, I, te- I tend to break out in the hives when I hear this sort of thing so the fact that this particular thing uh, has a lot of highlights for me is, mm. a, is a really good sign it's like, far different you know. than most things she's ever done yeah. as well yeah well one of the things I, I dislike about the Dresden Dolls possibly the most is the how bare bones it often is musically um it's isn't it? It's very often drums and piano. Uh, yeah, but they, uh, I don't really notice that myself. Yeah, no, no, and that's totally fine because I'm not the target audience. But you yeah. know, that's one of my uh, gripes. And someday we'll get to that. This but... is at least much more filled out musically, which I which I appreciate. Yes, um, and the production job is really good. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like the killing type is so. Good. I think that was the single. I think that was the single. The yeah, well, type. the killing it makes sense. I, I killing type is yeah. As I say, it grew on me a lot over the course of a yeah. Couple of I wish so. you could have seen this seen it live yeah or anything she does live because <laughs> oh it's so good so much fun so awesome. personal you were there you were there with the band yeah you might as well be singing with the band you're so there when did you see him it's a while back it's a long while back uh 2010 before wow. i really knew before i really knew they're worth yeah they're like going into or whatever and uh yeah this is this is this is my idol all right yeah and the palmer is my idol and um yeah this is just the scraping the barrel of what she has to offer <laughs> it's great well, thanks for bringing it to the podcast. So, Amanda Palmer, um, 
theater is evil. So if you if you like the sort of theatrical bombast hmm. type rock, uh, sort of Marine and the Diamonds meets the White Stripes meets a little bit of a little bit of that kind of my chem theatricality. Bowie mix of Bowie, uh, yeah, you you kind of know that, or mix it sort of. Tom Waits mixed with yeah. Leonard Cohen mixed with Bob Dylan it's yeah. a little bit of everything uh, give it a listen it's just, a hodgepodge which you're bound to find something just carve out 90 minutes and get, yeah. it, get it into your son yeah it's uh, it's feminism done right yeah. <laughs> you know there's a, a lot of that <laughs> god yeah alright we're way over our time so we're gonna more for you call it there more for you more for your money <laughs> yeah. alright take care and we will talk to you guys next ciao